Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show. It is indeed a great day to tune in. All the great football talk that we got going. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up those social medias, WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Westbryan underscore 72. On Twitter and Instagram, at HTB underscore Josh and at Walker Mail. And now it is time to go to the campus corner. All right, so we talked about South Carolina a bit yesterday and for Spencer Rattler talking about if he is indeed one of the best quarterbacks in the most not ideal situation because when he lost Juice Wells, we thought that he was going to be his superstar breakout receiver. But there is a new guy in town that is absolutely lighting the college football world on fire. And I'm talking about Xavier Leggett. From the Gamecocks now in 2010, Alshon Jeffrey set a record at South Carolina for the most receiving yards in the first four games of a season, 498 yards through four games. Well, Xavier Leggett, he's already out here killing it. And when you look at the numbers that he's putting up, he leads the nation in receiving yards per game at 139.0. He's got 27 catches for 556 yards, so he is well ahead of the pace of Alshon Jeffrey from 2010. And he's got three touchdowns. He's tied for 18th in the country in receptions per game at 6.8. Leads the SEC and is fourth in the country in all-purpose yards at 158.5 per game. The young man goes 6'3", 227 pounds out of Mullen, South Carolina. And when you watch this guy play, man, he's like a – I mean, he looks like a jumbo – Debo Samuels, the way he plays such a physical brand of football. He goes up and gets it, and his run after the catch, man, he's not trying to go down on the first tackle. So a lot of people in South Carolina feel like that this young man at worst could be at the College Football Awards for the Belitnikov or could be bringing it home if he continues this pace because he's playing with Spencer Rattler right now. That's also on one as well. He's completing 74% of his passes, 1,242 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and he's sixth in the nation in passing yards per game. But is Xavier Leggett the best wide receiver that nobody's talking about? Yeah, probably until Weston Walker did it. We're the first ones. Thank you, Wes, for bringing (laughs) his name up. But he really hit the ground running. How about nine receptions for 180 yards against North Carolina? I mean, Fiddy, you were at the game. Even when you have a couple of these weapons go down, I know a lot of people were excited about the tight end transferring from Arkansas to South Carolina. Leggett is the guy for them. Nine receptions, six, seven, five. But you see over 100 yards in three of the four games, 70 in the loss that you had, but that was on the road against Georgia. No, you're right to bring him up, give him some shine because he's playing well. And we had a texture not mad at us, but saying we glossed over how well Spencer Rattler is. Uh-huh. I don't think that was the point for either one of us yesterday. I think not at the, all. the point was, man, even with me legitimately questioning how good he was going to be this year, because we saw a few games, but it was at the end of last season when he really turned it on. I just was hesitant to say he was going to continue that going into this season, but he has. He's continued it plus some. Yeah, Spencer Rattler has been very good, so no disrespect at all. I did not know that this is what we were going to see. I was very reluctant to say that he was just going to pick up right where he left off, but he absolutely did. And so now it's it's not unfortunate because it's not crazy that South Carolina is 2-2 two and two right now. North Carolina is still undefeated. That offense looks very good, even without having to depend on Drake May. Their defense is better. 
You gave Georgia a fight in the first half. You beat Mississippi State. It, it's not like it's an awful situation, I guess. You're 2-2, two and two, and a lot of people expected it. But Spencer and Xavier Leggett, those two guys could be the catalyst and could be the foundation as to what allows South Carolina to win games going forward. Yeah, they've got a big game looming coming up, going to Knoxville. We remember what they did to Tennessee last year, so Tennessee would definitely be having revenge on their mind. They got a bye week, then Florida, Missouri, and Texas A&M, so this kid is definitely going to be one to watch. Another player to watch. When we talk about the App State Mountaineers, they lost a tough one to Wyoming on the road. We talked about the Ooh. win in that football game, and they held a lead up until 152 in the fourth quarter. They controlled the stats and total yardage. They had 417 to Wyoming's 208. First downs, 27 to 7. Time of possession, they doubled them up. And third down conversions, they were 10 of 19. And... Wyoming was three for 12. So you just wonder how on earth could they lose this game? Joey Aguilar threw for 200 yards. He completed passes to nine different receivers, but it wasn't good enough. And so when you look at his numbers and their two wins, he's got a touchdown to interception ratio, uh, seven to one in their two wins. Passing yards, not too gaudy, 207.5 per game. And the two losses that they've had, the number's not quite where you want them to be, obviously. Two touchdowns and two interceptions, 237.5 passing yards per game that he averages. But does it feel like at this point that the Mountaineers go as Joey Aguilar goes? I mean, yes. This game was wild at the end, though. We haven't talked a lot about the details of this one. But at the end of the first half, it was 12-7 to after a 50-yard field goal for App State. They were trading punts until all hell broke loose at the end of this game. It was 12-7 until App State returns that interception for a touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And the final score, after App State scored, made it 19-7, the final score was 30-19. What? How did that happen? After it was 12-7 going into the fourth, a whole bunch of punts? Now you're at 30 to 19. Yeah, man, App State lost that one in a heartbreaker. I saw a lot of people rolling with the line. Did Wyoming just App State, App State after that? <laughs> and that's how you lose that one. Two and two now. The Mountaineers sit 0 and 2 away from home. So they're still having that home field advantage that you might expect. Yeah, Aguilar probably going as he goes. But that one was just kind of a wild case of football being crazy football at the end of even especially with the wild football being more prevalent at the college landscape. Yeah, and so when you look at the way that they play defensively and 75 of Wyoming's yards came on one play. So Crazy. their defense was playing lights out, but Aguilar looks like a kid that's there to stay at the quarterback position. But we'll see as this season goes along uh, if they indeed go as he goes. Last thing real quickly, they, mm -hmm. were, they weren't as efficient running the football. Noel, it took him 30 carries to just get 107. That guy had been a monster heading into Working that game. Day. Yep, so a lot of carries, no touchdowns for Noel either, at least on the ground, and you're talking about him with a very inefficient 100-yard marker. So I think that really helped Wyoming stay in that game too. And so now, Walker, turning to you. It was 22-19, not 30 to, to, to 19, I apologize. But that's how it was at the very end of the Wyoming uh, they were able to score 22 to 19 just kind of crazy score at the end it's all good man so now when we talk about your Charlotte 49ers going back a few days Saturday when they played the Florida Gators a game that after Florida took care of Tennessee the way they did 
did not look good for the 49ers. Coach Poggi said after their loss to Georgia State that he was going to be on the warpath, and it looks like it paid off a little bit. And I feel like with Charlotte, we talk a lot about moral victories, but they forced field goals on four of Florida's five trips to the red zone. They also got a couple of turnovers as well. They held Florida to one of nine conversions on third down. Jalen Jones was 11 of 16, 111 yards uh, passing, 65 yards rushing, and a touchdown. And so, no, I'm, I'm going to cut that 65 because this stat reads a little crazy. But 11 of 16 mm-hmm. passes for 111 yards that he had on the day. Uh, Prince Burma had a nice day with nine tackles. Uh, Yabi Oki Anoma had eight tackles, a, uh, a tackle and a half for loss and a sack as well. Demetrius Knight had eight tackles. And so their defense finished with three sacks and seven tackles for loss along with two term- turnovers. So, Walker Mel, did you feel better? after this game that Charlotte's heading in the right direction, or do you still feel like that uh, Biff Pogey and the crew have a lot of work to do and maybe he's not delivering on what he said? Well, offensively they do. I I liked Biff Pogey's comments after the game with how pleased he was defensively more so. I I think Biff not wanting to give in to moral victories. He told you that they went to Gainesville wanting to win that game, but he also gave his team a lot of credit, certainly on the defensive side of the ball, because the way they performed against Georgia State, that's unacceptable. And Biff told you that. Right after the game, he was calling into question the performances of his coaches to the point where people were asking, are you going to make a change before we get to our fourth game of the season? Is it like that, Mr. Biff Pogey? It wasn't. You hold Florida to 22 points, and I think the fact that Florida had the big game the week prior and got that win against 11th ranked Tennessee gave this close contest a little more credence. They scored more points against a top 11 team than they did against Charlotte and they were in the swamp West. So I feel it's not a great record for Charlotte football right now. No doubt about that, but you have two opponents in the power five and I think they've played pretty well against two power five opponents, especially defensively. It's all about the offense. I don't have a lot of hope. I'm hoping that they can – I th- hope that they can get that rushing attack back. Maybe Ivy is someone that you can attack downfield with. Jalen Jones comes in, the two-quarterback system. You try to emphasize their strengths. But, yeah, quarterback play is going to hold them back. The offense is going to hold them back. The defense, Wes, it's going to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, and it does because you look at this offense, only 210 total yards. They only ran for 77 yards, and we know that Biff wants to run it like he is in the Big Ten but they only averaged 2.8 yards per carry. And so when you look at that, and yes, Jalen Jones did have 65 yards rushing and a touchdown, so he was their main producer of offense. But Charlotte just looks like right now the offense is slightly, uh, well, not slightly, they're pretty behind the defense. Oh, it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you talk about uh, the big plays in this game, and that's what separates a lot of this stuff, Charlotte had three passing plays of 15-plus, two runs, Uh, of over 10-plus yards. So they got to find a way to be able to muster some offense. But I think some of these matchups could help them, uh, especially when they get into the heart of conference play. Some of these situations could help them and propel them to be able to get some victory. Yeah, now we're getting to the point of the schedule where I think we can have a real evaluation of Charlotte. The Georgia State game was bad. That was one where we were all feeling bad, if you were a 49er fan, for sure. But now you're past Maryland. You're past Florida. You wanted to make some noise. You didn't do it. It's a three-game losing streak. You don't want to see that happen. 
Well, Eve, you do have a, a tough road game this weekend against SMU, so that one's going to be hard as well. But then you have Navy, East Carolina, FAU. It, it's not going to be all the Power 5 matchups that you have in the first quarter of the season. Last thing I'll say on offense, what's going to be tough is when you rely so much on your defense and you talk about how you're going to run the football, Darrell Robinson, a very good player when he's in the game, but when Darrell Robinson is in, I feel good about him picking up those tough yards. The offensive line isn't quite where you want it to be. And I think that's the issue. They're not atrocious, but they're not great. And I think if you're going to have that identity of playing in a phone booth defensively, being a team that can limit a Florida team to 22 points, you know, that you're gonna, that's going to be your backbone. I feel like a good offensive line has to go alongside a really good defense, and they just don't have what I would call a good offensive line. I think they can be average. They can play above and below that at times, but once they get the offensive line shored up, hopefully they can gain continuity as the regular season goes on. I think we'll start to feel better about how that accents maybe a quarterback's play, whether it be Jalen running or Ivy throwing. So the offensive line, if that comes along, Wes, I'll feel a lot better about what this team can do. In the words of Deion Sanders, he said after they lost, that he said you better get us now because it's not going to be like this for long and so I ask you as well when you watch Charlotte I feel like was what Pogey's doing because I felt like the defense certainly for them to go into the swamp a place I've been in seen the crowd know what it's like in there that's a nice statement for them for the defense to go in there and do what they did and I do feel like Charlotte to make the connection with the Deion Sanders post game uh, quote I feel like the Charlotte is a program that I feel like you should get them now as far as teams that are on their level, as far as group of five teams. I feel like you should get them now because I really do think that Biff is going to get this program where he wants to get it. Just like a lot of first-year coaches, there's still some holes to fill. Like you said, offensive line, finding more playmakers on offense, I feel like that will come. Yeah. And so defensively, though, it looks like that they're turning the corner just a little bit. Hopefully they don't fall off. But uh, I think Charlotte, I think Coach Pogey and the crew, man, I think they're going to have this team – Looking good by the year's end. There are a lot of people that are taking victory laps on their one and three start that were against Charlotte. <laughs> They're throwing the comments in his face about him hating what the writers said at their media day, saying that they're going to finish last in the conference. And you might be able to get those jo jokes off right now. And, and you can roll with that. This is part of what Biff Pogey's MO is. If you're going to do that, if that's going to be your personality, then he's going to have to deal with the consequences. And he knows that. I mean, he's not soft. He knows that there's going to be some criticism for him and his team after the strong words that he had at the beginning of the season. I'm just not one that expects this to continue to this point. Maryland, you were in that game until the fourth quarter. Florida, you were even still in that game. Even if Florida always looked like they were going to win, you still were in that game late in that contest. Georgia State was a complete dud. There's no excuse for the way the defense performed there. That, yeah, throw all the criticism you want to. Hell, he had it for himself and his coaching staff. I just don't expect that to continue as the season goes on. Yeah, and so the text that made me crack up, though, 704 number said, anybody named Biff Pogey, he spelled his name kind of funky, who dresses like Dusty Rhodes. That's what cracked me up because he <laughs> does give me big Dusty Rhodes vibes and acts like a sport brat. Now we know. They only they only ask three questions at the preseason press conference. No one's taking him seriously. I disagree, sir, but I did like the comment for the Dusty Rhodes vibes, baby. Because that's how he was, used to say it. He was like, baby. <laughs> so I love Dusty people Rhodes. Loved sure. his, people loved his outfit this weekend. We played his son's interest music uh, yesterday that uh, some people liked as well. So, uh, yeah, there we go. So that is the Campus Corner.